Come on. Yeah. Feeling Feel it? Energy. Is this it? This is it. Live from Vanguard's Valentine's Day Banquet Hall. It's yet another Woke Wednesday edition of Business Bands. Joined as always by analyst Hall Matt Muscardi. It's another, another Woke <laughs> Wednesday. In today's Woke Data Spectacled Grab Bag called February 14th, let's just go with that, 2024, the top six-ish stories from our ESG News headline randomizer and the Kimball Musk test. Yes, my favorite kind of test. That's why I'm here. I'm excited for that test. Yeah. Are you going to take it? Yes. Our it show today is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics, the only ESG data platform to measure real board influence and diversity power gaps. I mean, it does a lot of other things, but it does it's those really things. It's really hard. Yeah. Look, here's the shorthand. It If you think of a company and a governance failure, right? If you want to know whether or not the governance failure is likely to happen, you can analyze the board. You could do a risk analysis of them. You can check them for like you know, like uh, their performance and you could pick a top performing team members. Free flow analytics lets you do that. If a governance failure then happens, you can also engage and you can vote on the board members hey, using data about them. Could, it's everything. It does everything. You could do that even before there's a failure. You yeah, can, it's called soup to nuts failure stuff. All right, come on, let's do it. Let's get to our All show. All right, let's do our show. <laughs> Lyft. Are you an Uber or a Lyft person or neither? Lyft, you... 100%. Lyft shares pull way back after CFO corrects major earnings release error. Lyft CFO Aaron Brewer said on the earnings call that the company had misstated its margin expansion in the press release. Rather than 5% uh, growth for 2024, it was actually 0.5%. Five percent. Yeah, it's so just one see what zero there. different. It's one zero. But here, but here's why I selected this story because this is what we do. We put the people into. What do we do? We put the people in the market. Yeah, we're people market people. Yeah, we talk about the people. Erin Brewer, she's the current CFO. She started in July with a nineteen million dollar golden hello package. Matt, wow. she got How nineteen million dollars just for showing up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how big? How big was your golden hello exactly? Uh, my golden hello was you have a job after stupidly leaving your other job. <laughs> You're very comfortable, cozy job. Okay, yeah. but here's what happened. She replaced Elaine Paul, who served as CFO at Lyft for less than two years, despite getting her own golden hello package worth over $16 million. So Matt, this is what the board has learned in two years, that... Uh, when your CFO quits after less than two years, you up the golden hello package for the next CFO because that somehow is the formula to keep uh, a good CFO around, right? Something like that. Like that. That's what the geniuses on the board at Lyft have come up with. Well, I the, it, aren't have we been talking about CFO burnout and talent yes. shortage? This is risks? another reason why I selected this story is that CFOs and maybe part of it is that they know that they're going to get a golden hello package at the next company I mean, <laughs> anyway. So really, I mean, because Matt, part of this package is cash. It's just straight cash. Uh, uh, Elaine Paul, the former CFO, 
she got a million and a half dollars in just cash. Just for showing up on day just one. Just for showing up, yeah. I so. mean, but it does. This is exactly like a sports contract in that way, isn't it? Isn't this like... In some which, leagues, in the, and not in the NFL. The NFL, I think if they cut you, you lose your money, right? If but they it, cut you, you lose your money. But but they give you upfront bonuses, right? That's like, true, it's that's like true. Before that's you true. even start. So to me, I don't know why we, we could talk about this as like these people don't matter to the company or whatever, except that we pay them the same way we pay LeBron James, which is like a giant signing bonus just for showing up. Huge amount of and money. Then, and then we don't even measure their performance. And I, you know um, what? And you know what shareholders yeah. can do here that they can't really do with LeBron James? I guess they could they can boo LeBron James, but uh, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. what good is that? Here's what you can do. You can vote out, uh, you can target the compensation committee members. You Could can do that. Sure. You can vote uh, no on say on pay. A lot, there's lots of things you can do. Yeah, there's like it would be. Wouldn't it be nice to know if there's like a data set you could use to do this to say okay, which board getting, members have approved Stop. high compensation and got nothing for it? Free flow so. analytics. Oh, before I get on the next story, make a plug. Where can where can our listeners vote for us? Aren't we up for some award somewhere? Oh man, we are up for the A Team ESG Insight Awards 2024. <laughs> That's yes. not a make-believe thing. That's okay. a real thing. It's a lot of words. But so if, if they you, Google what? If they Google if, ESG If you Google insight? A-Team ESG Insight <laughs> okay. Awards, right? Yeah. Like, you'll find us. We are up for Best Governance Data Provider. That's yes. the best. Well, that, that, We've been nominated I, yeah. for Best. We should definitely saying. get that one. And then we've been nominated for Best Unstructured Data Provider. And they, they I, call, I don't know what that means. I don't know so what that they, means. they call everything that isn't like a data set that, like, um, you know, s- s- somebody can put neatly into a spreadsheet in the same columns. Like, I don't know. It's like yeah, unstructured data is like we use natural language processing and machine learning. I, I, so now they call us unstructured data. But I don't care. I want to win both. Go vote on both for us. Okay. Uh, in part, 45,000 of our series called Do People Who Run the Companies Matter? See, that's again, that's what we do here. We talk about the people. Open AI CEO Sam Altman says it's not fear of killer robots that keeps him up at night. Instead, it's the technology's ability to derail society insidiously and subtly from the inside. Is it wrong that I prefer if <laughs> it was killer robots? This is not. Yeah, good. I think I would. I think I would take the quicker option at this point. Yeah, I don't. I, just, I don't think I want to linger around as some like dystopian HBO series is happening and people are like trying to steal my kidney beans. I, I just want. <laughs> just I want it to be done. Okay. Like I, I, I'd rather the Terminator shoot me in the face. Just get yeah, it over with. <laughs> I went to Oberlin and McGill. I'm not fighting anyone for a can of beans. <laughs> you. You literally are not. <laughs> no. Uh, he also said, he says, without adequate international regulations, the software oh. the software could take society by storm when very subtle societal misalignments are not addressed, Altman said. So again, he's doing the, the thing that they've been, these tech bros who, who, by the way, are making a lot of money off of this little game. But what they've been doing for years is saying, okay, you figure out how to regulate us. We're destroying the world. We're either yep. destroying your children, and we're destroying the planet, whatever we're doing. But you, the rest of you, figure out how to put up the guardrails. Because, because either we're going to have dual class structures where our board members don't matter, or if our board members do 
what they're supposed to be doing, according to the bylaws, like an open AI, and they try to get rid of me, I, I, I'm going to protest and, and throw a hissy fit. I'm not going to leave anyway, and we're going to fire the two women who spearheaded uh, – uh, getting rid of me, right? I mean, wh- isn't this sort of like if you like got in a bar fight in college, being like, "Well, it's it's my parents' fault for not giving me the rules to not punch somebody." I'm right? sure like, that happens. I'm sure. I, I'm sure that excuse has been used at certain colleges I, and doesn't work. Like we at Stanford, some point we throw them Dartmouth. in jail, right? Like we <laughs> basically throw. But this is the same thing Zuckerberg does all the time. He's like, you know, like oh China, like so they'll all do this. They'll give you the enemy. Like China is gonna take over this country if we don't do it well, and then they'll simultaneously say, "But while we make money destroying the universe, it's really your fault for not giving us." the parameters to not destroy the universe as if like morality is somehow uh, like uh, like that wasn't part of this equation like we are we're hell-bent on destroying the universe it's your fault that we're doing it i like that the tech bros uh, the one comp the one country they use that to to say that's going to take over our country is the country that has never tried to take us over ever <laughs> not one time yeah, yeah not one time yeah uh also in related news uh bill gates was asked uh what would he ask a time traveler Okay. What if you could ask a time traveler anything? What would he ask? And he said he'd want to know whether AI eventually doomed or helped humanity. Oh, so this is also going that's, on. You understand? That's an awkward thing to want. Okay, about. moving on. This one's going to take a while. You might want to take a break. All right, I'm going to sit down. Okay, a Boeing 787 on a transatlantic flight turned around after eight of its nine bathrooms stopped working. First of all, before I get <laughs> oh, deep into no. the story. If you were a passenger on that, I know you don't want to fly Boeing anymore, but if you were a passenger on that Boeing flight and eight out of nine bathrooms stopped working, would you want the plane to turn around or would you want to just keep going? Well, no. Here's the real question. Which is preferable, the side of the airplane flying off mid-flight or not having any bathrooms on the flight? I don't think our data addresses that issue, but it our doesn't data really well does no. address this. Okay, I I looked into the data for Boeing and I figured out there there's a reason why there are nine bathrooms on Boeing flights. Okay? Oh, I like this. You're gonna tell us. Yeah. And here's the reason: because there are 13 directors. Uh, okay, okay. okay. Can, want, me, want me to continue. do the? Yeah, okay, I'll do the ESG more. bathroom math for you. I'm an ESG analyst. I've been in this game for a long time. I'll do the math for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Bear with me. This is gonna. It's gonna take a while. But but. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have time. But it gets somewhere. All right, first of all, three directors are named Dave. CEO Dave Calhoun, Carrier Global CEO Dave Gitlin, and former GE Vice Chair Dave Joyce. CEO Dave was also Vice Chair at GE. Add former GE director to that foursome, and you have the membership of Boeing's evacuation agreement, uh, which was ratified by shareholders, where the three Daves and the other GE guy, Steve Mollenkopf, share one bathroom. Okay, I said that quickly, Uh, but the point is... The point is, is that three Daves and a Steve, who all have either a Dave or a GE connection, share a bathroom. Okay, are you clear okay, about okay. that? Yeah, I didn't. Was this in a filing? I didn't yes, see that this means filing. that eight bath. There are eight bathrooms for the remaining nine directors. Okay, you okay. with me so okay. far? Are you sure? I'm going to say yes. Okay, the, there are four women on the Boeing board. They share a second bathroom. I mean, this is Boeing after Whoa. all. This ain't this ain't woke Anheuser Busch. Men are men. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so these are women who identify as women, or is it like their birth identification? Boeing doesn't even like, go get in that even, far. Okay, That's right, that, even okay. that idea is too right, old. So that okay. leaves seven bathrooms for the remaining five male directors. Okay, and so what, all the people on the flight, right? I, I don't butt in here. <laughs> So what's the and I think okay I think I get what you're saying you're saying so what's the problem you ask right seven yeah, bathrooms for the remaining five male directors yeah. well here's the problem that one of the broken bathrooms was the women's bathroom oh no okay where are they gonna go and this is where Boeing director Admiral John Richardson stepped in the former chief of U.S. naval operations cited undisclosed national security risks when women use men's bathrooms so he does he ordered the plane to turn around. Okay. Wow. You he can't has that have kind of power, huh? Yeah, you can't have women using men's bathrooms. So when asked to elaborate, Boeing Director Admiral Richardson, who who actually chairs Boeing's Special Programs Committee, right? Is that a real thing? I yes, wonder where, real where thing. the real things are in here. He okay. cryptically said, quote, the special programs committee's principal responsibilities include reviewing the operational aspects of Boeing programs, which for purposes of national security, have been designated as classified by the U.S. government. Wow. So we went through all that to get to the fact that the bathroom issue was classified. Is really what we're talking about. <laughs> all right. I'll let you decide whether or not you want to keep that part in the show. Uh, <laughs> that's going to stay in forever. I want to remember uh, Let's get that. some Tesla updates. No, let's always, not. Let's not get some Tesla updates. Always incredible uh, Tesla updates, which beg the question, does the Tesla board do anything? Like, are no. they even alive? Are they mannequins, you think? Are they I think it's are like they weekend scarecrows? Yeah. Are, are they like the characters in The Wizard of Oz? Like, one of them doesn't have a brain, one of them doesn't have a courage, <laughs> or I don't even know. <laughs> All uh, of them have a lot of money, though. And speaking of which, here's the first headline. Tesla board silent as investors await next steps after court revokes Elon Musk's $56 billion pay package. Matt, it's been wow. two weeks. I'm two shocked. weeks, and the board still has not said a word. Are, are you I, shocked by this? this? But this is pretty big news. I mean, this is huge. It's a huge thing that happened, and the board is still silent. Look, they're they're really busy right now crafting his $75 billion pay package that gives him even more control of the company. As my daughter would say, this is literally your job. <laughs> yes, it is. Your daughter should be on this show. Yeah. Next Tesla headline. Some Cybertruck owners say their Teslas are starting to rust in the rain. First of all, there there Come are on. cyber truck owners. Yes. Second of all, Matt, it's raining on the cyber rain. trucks and they're rusting. <laughs> rain seems like Come something on. you should have figured if you out. You can't see the humor in that one, then you're, yeah, you're really that's not good. alive. Maybe if you can't see the humor in that, maybe you're a Tesla director. The next headline. Now we get to a little dark, so I, you know, forgive me, but this okay. is Tesla. Tesla driver says he's not sure. If he killed a pedestrian because he was on oh. autopilot, claiming that he can't remember if he ran oh, her down like or this. not. If no. he did, he says he must have been on autopilot and checking work emails. No, I don't like this at all. Okay. I don't this like is a real that. story, by the way. It's a real story. Yeah. Well, it's, and that's his real I, defense. That's his real defense. I just wait until they have the defense of wearing the Vision Pro while doing the autopilot running over everything. I mean, they just had a Super Bowl ad with 
anti-Tesla. Tesla's running yep. people over with their fake self-driving, right? Well, not to get serious for a moment, but it does. It, it eventually will ask the question in the courts if the, if this if these lawsuits work is is was your CEO distracted or not running this company, and did your board care, right? Because this I, the CEO at Tesla is the CEO of seventeen other companies. Look, the fact is the board's job is to be guardrails on stuff like this. It's to say, including no, you firing can't. your CEO if yes. they're so busy that they're you, doing other things. Constantly. You can't do five jobs because you need to focus on the one that could kill people. And number two, and is your responsibility. And number two, you can't launch something called full auto self-driving when it runs people over, doesn't have regulatory approval, is you mean basically it's not, full not working. It's, yeah. it's not actually doing Speaking that Speaking of which, the last Tesla headline, Tesla employee who loved Elon Musk, like he, was a, he was a devoted fan of uh, CEO Elon Musk, he was reportedly killed by full self-driving... Uh, if confirmed, the crash could be the first known death involving the feature. The the sad uh, uh, tangential tidbit to the story is that full self-driving is an optional $15,000 add-on, and this guy who got killed by it received it for free with his employee discount. Oh, I don't like this at all. Look. Yeah. Do you think that people will still... I mean, this is an employee who loved Elon Musk. I think people like I don't know what's going on. This is a broader meta question, but like this obsession with Trump, we've got we got Bill Ackman, you know, like mm -hmm. spewing whatever and has t millions of followers on on Twitter. We've got Elon Musk, who people just venerate because. Whoa. Uh, are we like desperate for like some billionaire messiah? Desperate for a I don't billionaire understand. daddy. Yeah, we just what is this? Because it's like, why do we keep loving this this person? I smell a Jesus metaphor coming. Are you about to launch into a Jesus well, metaphor? Well, we know from the Super Bowl that Jesus washed feet. I don't see Elon Musk washing any feet. I, He's sort of be, running them over. To be fair, I think we've all washed feet at least once in our lifetime. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Glass Cliff CEO alert. Incoming CEO Joanna Garrity will have to address JetBlue's reliability and cost control problems. JetBlue, Matt, is still losing money while larger airlines have returned to profitability post-pandemic. Oh. So, Glasscliff CEO alert, possibly at JetBlue. I She's do a lifer, point though, out, right? What's that? She's a lifer, right? Isn't she? I a... do want to point out something about uh, uh, Joanna, which is exciting, because I, I think maybe this is the first time one of my predictions came true. Not only did she used to be COO at JetBlue, uh, but she was actually chief people officer. Oh, no. I made the this prediction that eventually... Eventually, the chief people officers would rise and take over CEO roles. And so it doesn't actually surprise me that it happened in the airline industry where every day there are headlines about, um, you know, flight attendants unionizing, pilots, you know, threatening here, strikes. Yeah. Okay. Ready for this? I, I'm going to build ahead. up a little suspense because I'm going to make a prediction right now. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's my prediction. The first thing that goes wrong at JetBlue is blamed on DEI. Oh. But she's been there since 2005. 
but she was chief people officer yeah, already. That does the sound title, very, they, does it does sound, sound very woke? womanly. Yes. Like, uh, it's, it's like only a woman could have that job, and, they, and yep. it must be a woke company. And you know they're going to say that she was put in this position because she's a woman, and now that they're now they're failing, like like they're it's already just, failing. Just let's just let's, let's 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 get that straight though. Like that nuance doesn't never matter, Damien. Yeah. You're just being woke. And finally, let's wrap up the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happened this week. And who I was know, the winner in case you missed the game? I saw the game, yeah. The winner? The Kansas City Chiefs. No, the wrong. Oh, The winner really? is is the Hunt family. It's Clark Hunt. Oh. He's the CEO and owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Let me tell you a little bit about the Hunt family. You have a few seconds? I, I think I can spare a few. Again, this is the Hunt family. They own the Kansas City Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl. The CEO is Clark Hunt. Clark is a Nepo Nepo baby. He's a double Nepo wow, baby. Wow, a double Nepo. And his, squared. His dad, Lamar Hunt. Not only did his dad create the Super Bowl. I mean, talk about a Nepo baby, right? His dad created the Super Bowl. But he was also, of course, the owner and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's an easy handoff right there, right? No pun intended. Sure. But yeah. he didn't. He did. He's not the. He's the first nepo, right? That guy. This is the, the first, first nepo. nepo. I'm getting to the. I'm getting original, to it. Okay. Give me some time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's back. He's back. You need a lot of time today. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Clark's dad, Lamar. Lamar and his two brothers attempted to corner the silver market in the 1970s behind the government's back. Oh wow. They amassed up to one third of the world's silver market, right? The and the U.S. government did not know about this. Uh, and things were going well until a, a little thing called Silver Thursday happened in 1980 when the silver price collapsed, and then the brothers filed for bankruptcy. So they're yeah. actually this is a this is a nepo failure baby story. A nepo fail upping. No, notice that they get that they they file for bankruptcy. They try to cheat the government, but they still somehow keep uh, a football team. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Kansas City. Right, but yeah. but okay, let me just finish the story. Let me tell you about the the nepo nepo part of it. Let me tell you about Clark Hunt's grandfather. He's where the money started in this family. His name was H. L. Hunt. Of course, he was an oil tycoon. Duh. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about H. L. Hunt. This was a man that Malcolm X himself referred to uh, as a white supremacist, called him a white supremacist. <laughs> Not a great look. Yeah, and, and one, of the, one of the reasons, there were several, was that he H.L. Uh, Hunt wanted to deport all black people back to Africa. And this oh, was not, no. this is not the 1830s. This is like the 1930s. 19, this is yeah, the 1930s. <laughs> So this is this is the the the, the grandfather who owns uh, uh, who started the you know the family that started the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only that, but H. L. Hunt was also a bigamist, uh, uh, a legendary gambler, gambler, and according to the FBI, he ran uh, a prostitution ring. Oh no 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 no! So, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of Super Bowl Fifty Three is the white supremacist pimp failure nepo bigamist oil hunt family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is. If you don't love this, you not you don't love America, right? <laughs> you don't love America. That's all. That's all I got. All right, let's move on from all of that to whatever I'm doing. All right, are you ready to take a test? Yeah, I'm excited. 
This is a this is not a hard test, um, and it's not really a test for you. It's a test about something no. else. Here's the headline: BlackRock expands voting choice program to millions of U.S. retail shareholders. In fact, this sounds exciting. I got yes yeah, for nobody except for us, but no. I did well, get my email today. True. Yeah. Um, because we own some IVV, which is BlackRock's iShares S&P 500 ETF. It is the largest ETF, I think, in the world. It is like, um, uh, uh, by assets under management, it's the most widely used. It's a simple ETF, really low cost, and it just owns the S&P 500. What they've done mm -hmm. is they've opened up something called voter choice. Yep. Voter choice is we are going to allow you the glorious retail investor yep. to choose how votes happen with your shares of the S&P 500. This is a pilot this sounds program. sounds good for us, right? I mean, we could help retail investors with these choices. So it it does sound good. Sounds good. However, okay. yep. you cannot actually pick what you vote on. Like you can't be <laughs> okay, like okay. so. So you can I stop can't. the you can stop the commentary right there. So you don't actually have a choice. So you get a choice of six options for someone else to do the votes. That's your. So this choice. is like this is like in the presidential election. Instead of me going to the ballots to vote for for president, I could select like I want the group of librarians to vote for me. I want the yeah. police officers to vote for me. I want the people who run the Seven Eleven, that kind of it, thing. It would be more like that if the six options were run by six different groups, but the six options are actually run by three different groups. Oh, okay. Those groups <laughs> okay. being BlackRock, yeah. ISS, and Glass Lewis. Oh, so wow. Okay. This, you this, only this goes along with the whole duopoly, monopoly scenario. Exactly. That, yeah. So, so here's the list of – so basically what this is is they're going to give you a pass-through where you can choose policies developed by BlackRock, ISS, or Glass-Lewis uh -huh. for them to execute a vote. And those policies are supposed to be aligned with certain objectives of investors. Not all investors, clearly, because there's only six sure. options, but yeah. some – the, the the BlackRock is just a basic BlackRock stewardship policy. Effectively, what you're opting into is BlackRock continues to do what it's always been doing with your shares, which and is due diligence. They do whatever they call due diligence and then vote for every single director. It's, oh. That's so mostly so they, what it is. So it's kind of like, uh, uh, forgive me for, for this very antiquated reference, but it reminds me of there's an episode of Seinfeld where uh, George Costanza... He he just gets angry, and that that makes it at work, and that makes it look like to his boss that he's really busy. That's correct. And that's yes. what's happening over at the BlackRock stewardship stewardship team, right there. At, when their bosses walk down the hall, they just get they yell at things. They get, throw their no, pencils they, they around. Don't to, they don't have to yell. That every time someone asks them, something, slam you their have, spreadsheet closed. You have to go like that. You have to go. Ugh. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Just um, put it on the on the on the desk in the corner. Like you have to act flustered, but in control all the time. And then the and boss then, says, well, we still, it looks like you still supported 98% of management proposals, but we're, you were doing something, you right? You were doing, you did some due diligence, yeah. right? Yeah, and you, they said, well, you did you see me something. slam my laptop closed that day in February? <laughs> so right. clearly I did something. Um, the other options here, ISS is offering a socially responsible investment policy. That sounds good, I like that. They're offering a Catholic faith-based policy. I don't understand that one. 
It's basically but if you're Catholic. fine, whatever. Yeah, the Pope's been um, apologizing a lot recently. Is it part of this? Is it part of uh, that? No, there are no apologies. Um, okay. And then they uh, and you'd think like in the policy, it's like vote only for Catholics, but it's not. It's, 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 it's <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm in for that. Yeah. Um, and then a global board aligned policy. Ooh, this is like the George Soros policy. Well, it sounds global. It would be Bill globalist Gates board putting aligned chips, policy. Putting chips in your in your. But it's not. It's vaccine actually, milkshake. No. This, the, actually, the the summary. So BlackRock generated a summary document for the global board aligned policy. It reads like mm-hmm. this: Investment managers and institutional investors. This is who it's supposed to be for, um, of all sizes who generally follow the board's recommendation around environmental and social matters. Generally, so that means you just say no to anything environmental or social because that's all the board ever says. It's never said yes to anything. And mm-hmm. then Glass Lewis offers a benchmark policy, which is a you know general governance benchmark, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the same as everybody else's a little bit. A climate policy. Ooh, I like that. And a corporate governance-focused policy. Oh, perfect for me. Okay, that sounds better, right? Investors that prioritize perspectives designed to comply with their fiduciary duty to drive performance and economic value. Fiduciary duties in the in the in the right up there. Yeah. All right. So here's the Kimball Musk test. Let's do it. The Kimball Musk test is every single one of these policies has a section about um, independence. And what a director, what kind of director is considered this is OG, An OG uh, corporate governance factor, board independence. A really basic governance factor, yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, it turns out that, uh, in fact, all of the ISS policies, all the Glass-Lewis policies, and the the BlackRock policy, they each have one definition of independence for all all the policies they offer. So it's not like it's different for the Catholics. Or the socially responsible investors, and not to not to be not not to you know jump the gun here, not to no, I don't want to have a spoiler here, but I would assume that Kimball would fail all these tests. He's well, the brother of the CEO Elon Musk, the brother, the brother. Let's find out, okay? okay. Um, so the first one up is BlackRock. BlackRock offers uh-huh. says this: um, independence is uh, someone would be considered not independent, and they might always might they hedge themselves, might vote against them if they have an other interest, business, or relationship, professional or personal, which could or could reasonably be perceived to materially interfere with the director's ability to act in the best interest of the company and its shareholders. Well, that would be a, a vote against Kimball, no? That's that, that does sound like that would be the right answer, but the right answer is... No, they voted for Kimball every opportunity. They I don't understand. So, uh, so uh, uh, okay. So, so... While BlackRock doesn't say it we could, will I, vote against or for, it's not binary. They they don't <laughs> define. I'm the I'm I'm already confused. I, I basically what they're saying a relationship which could reasonably be, be perceived to materially, materially interfere with the director's interfere. ability to act in the best interests of the. I mean, uh, okay. the shareholders are in, written in there. The shareholders. Yeah, I'm Kimball just I'm Musk. already I'm already confused. But they it's voted like for the, Kimball Musk. What's interesting to me is they write about like if you have a relationship, professional or personal, mm-hmm. which could interfere with your ability to represent shareholders, and they say Kimball Musk, by their votes, Kimball Musk does not have that relationship. Well, according to the Delaware Chancery, half the over half the board does does you know has that d- relationship that inter- that could interfere. I'm pretty sure, according to Elon Musk's mom, that he might have that. Yes, that and dad and other sisters and brothers and cousins. Maybe not the dad. Yeah. The dad's a little insane. Okay. All right, let's go to ISS. All right. All right. 
ISS says boards should be sufficiently independent from management and significant shareholders to ensure they are able and motivated to effectively supervise management's performance to the benefit of all shareholders. Okay. Right. Yeah, makes sense. And then um, they say you are independent. You're not independent, I should say, if you are a, quote, immediate family member. Okay, so Kimball Musk. Which follows the SEC's brother. definition of immediate family. The SEC actually defines what an immediate family member is for us. Okay. So we don't have to think. ISS doesn't have to think here. They just use that. Do you want to know what the SEC's definition is? Yes. Here's the. Uh, you have to say yes, because I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> the SEC's rule is mm-hmm. an immediate family member includes the spouse or life yep. partner. Okay. And he, children of ooh, an insider. Well, Elon has lots of children. And any relative by blood or marriage of that insider or spouse or life partner. Mm-hmm. So this is basically anyone related to the insider residing in the same household of the insider. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is that true? This is the SEC's this definition? This is the SEC's definition, which means Kimball Musk has to move into Elon's house permanently and be claimed as like a dependent on his tax forms in order for him to be considered so my, an so immediate my, family member. my brother who lives five, about five miles away yeah would would if i had a company put him on the board would be could be considered independent yeah because he could be he's not my brother independent, my brother yeah. he's not an immediate who i share family more member. genetic genetic code with than anyone in the history of this planet yeah yeah according Correct. to sec He's okay. not an immediate family. I don't. Member. I don't understand. Uh, and finally, Glass Lewis's policy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Glass Lewis has, you know, oh, th- um, this is the g- corporate governance focus policy. This is right, right from the so corporate. This is a home focus. run. This is this vote is against the one. Home this run. Is, this is. There's no way inside the park. Home run. Whatever. No out of the way. stadium. Whatever it is, it's a home run. What, whatever your sports metaphor is, <laughs> they would consider Kimball Musk to be an affiliated director. Like um, he's not uh-huh. an insider because he's not like part of the company. He's an right. affiliated director. That's a director who has a material, financial, familial, or other relationship with a company or its executives. That's not an employee of the company. Yeah, that's what MSCI would call that outside related. And Glass Lewis mm-hmm. recommends voting against an affiliated director if okay, good oh ellipses oh, no. dot dot oh, dot. No. Okay. Yeah. An affiliate or insider is on any of the key committees. Kimball Kimball's not on any key committees, right? Or an affiliate or insider on any of the key committees and there is an independence on that committee. Okay, that's weird because uh, unless it's a controlled company, you have to have independence on all those key committees. That's correct. Yeah, those, so right? so that, that, that one is sort of... So, so that's, Kimball they, Musk... That's a fake... To, yeah, <laughs> he would have that, to be on the audit committee for. Instance. What's Glass Lewis doing there? They're kind of being fake there, right? They're kind of well, fudging it around real, there. Though it sounds real. Sounds or, real. Here's another one, okay? Because yeah. there's three options that Glass Lewis gives you. They might okay, vote against if. this this affiliated director if, if the director or a director whose immediate family member or the firm at which the director is employed provides material professional services to the company. In the last three years. That's like so, a related party transaction. So if Kimball Musk's company did all the catering for Tesla in the last vertical, three years. It would be vertical catering. I think he runs vertical. Well, he, he, vertical farms, yeah. He failed. He think he failed at a vertical farming company in Brooklyn, I think. Uh, yeah, well, the cowboy hat was really what did him in. Yeah. Um, 
but so you actually have to be. It's not enough that Kimball Musk is his brother in this case. I was going to say that he's selling. I've already stopped. I mean, it's his brother. But okay, according (laughs) to Glass Lewis, this he would fail this test too, right? He he does not fail this test. You're wrong. Does not. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's selling. He's still independent so far. He's still independent. He's still independent so far, or just 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 affiliated because he's not on the right key committee, and he doesn't actually sell his vertical green beans to Elon. To Elon himself, correct? And then so we have one. One final chance here, a final okay. chance in your voter choice. Now, remember, I am now electing a voter choice. I am going out to the world and saying, finally, I mm-hmm. can pick these directors. I do not want someone's brother on the board making decisions with their brother about my money. I, I want I want somebody independent representing my interests. Their Glass-Lewis corporate governance focused policy is our last chance because we've already ruled out everybody else. It's your last option. And it sounds like this. If the director or director whose immediate family member engages in airplane, real estate, or other similar deals with with the company. Oh, well, isn't that kind of like the second if? It's like if they do a a, a materially uh, significant amount of business. No, what they're they're saying, it's not a, it's, it's what they're saying is um, it's, it's, it's perks. What they're saying is, oh, okay. if Kimball Musk owns an airplane uh-huh. and gives it to Elon to use, uh, wow, that that's counts a very, as a perk. That's a very narrow uh, definition. It, it, of- <laughs> there are two. There's only two perks here: two airplane, real estate, or so similar I, deals. I don't even so, know what a similar deal would be. So, so like, I guess what take Glass- my airplane yeah. to my beach. And now I'm not just affiliated director. I there's a material sort of trade. Does the man there. who who uh, up until a few weeks ago received a 56 billion dollar pay package and is the richest man in the world? Does he need to use his brother's airplane? Does his brother? What happens if Elon lets Kimball borrow his airplane? Well, because according he's to Glass Lewis, the it doesn't matter. I mean, it I think what Glass Lewis is really saying here is that they don't care. And this isn't just the right? Glass-Lewis problem because we've already eliminated ISS and BlackRock for not considering Kimball Musk a threat to the independence and, and of you know the, what else? the board. You know what else this policy fails at and all these policies fail at? Is that they don't even care about the board That's correct. as a whole. No. They're, they're willing to say that Kimball is fine notwithstanding any due diligence to, to articulate the independence of the other board members. They, they don't have any measurement of the board members individually or as a whole. Forget, no. I mean, like, they are basically effectively saying, we're going to set some preconditions about what independents are that have nothing to do with real-life independence or the board as a whole for independence. They just rely on someone else's well, standards, I, and they're I, done. I give Glass Lewis a little credit here, because— at least to me, it seems like what they're saying is, I don't care, leave me alone. <laughs> right? Like, we're not going to vote against directors. We don't care. The CEO is king. Just just stop. Right? Isn't that what they're basically saying? Yeah, that is what they're saying. And okay. and um, it, But it does, BlackRock very nicely in their summary lays out the percentage of times inside this fund mm-hmm. that these options would have voted against management okay and it looks a lot like um esg ens shareholder proposal support um 
would be the only one where you see any material difference. In fact, Glass Lewis's corporate governance focus policy, the one we just talked about, mm-hmm. less than one percent of the time do they vote against management. Yeah, that makes sense. And again, let's let's remind uh, the audience that it's Glass Lewis, ISS, and BlackRock that the anti woke uh, are angry about because they think there's a woke cabal going on here that supports uh, the the hippies trying to take over. Starbucks, right? And not that's right. That they don't support management. They don't support capitalism. They're trying to uh, up and up earth, you know, the the our society as it is. So I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to drum yeah. roll and then I'm going to play us out. Which policy is the wokest? <laughs> um, well, I <laughs> I think that. I, because I'm going to play the role of the anti-woke here, and I'm, I'm going to get triggered just by words. And I'm going to say that the wokest is the one that says socially responsible. That sounds like it's too many women and black people. <laughs> it would sound like that, but you're wrong. Oh. The real answer is Catholics. Oh, okay. There you go. Catholic, of all people, the Catholics. No offense the people, to the Catholics. The Catholics, yeah. 77% of the time, they vote against management for board opposition, 77%. They support ENS proposals. 76% of the time, governance shareholder proposals. Well, they basically are anti-management across the board. This makes sense to me because the, the Catholics are doing their penance. I don't really understand Catholicism, but they've been apologizing for all the crap that they've done in the past. So maybe this is part of their penance, right? I've, uh, it's self-flagellation. Yeah, yes, that's what this thank is. you. That's thank you, Catholics. Is. That is... This is Pants for a Woke Wednesday. It's Hazelnut Rollins. I'm your analyst, Cole Mamascardi. We are Free Float. Come back tomorrow slash today for Proxy Countdown, oh. where we're covering the Starbucks slate. Oh. And then on Friday, we'll wrap up the week. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.